Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host, as always, and here with me, as usual, uh, co-host of the year, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. What an honor. What an honor it is to be here today with with you, Jeremy. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm just doing fine, man. Uh, co-host of the year, but we're really just, we're talking about the podcast of the year. Yeah, man. And that is the Live to Walk Again podcast. Yeah. And that's what we're here to do is um, another podcast on bringing awareness to uh, finding a cure for spinal cord injuries. Jeremy, S-C-I. So true. So true. Brandon, this is our last episode of the 50s, man. We're moving. We're doing things here. Yeah, I'm not. We're not going to stop. I mean... You know, I know it might seem crazy to the tens of thousands of people listening to our podcast that we've made it this far, Um, but just know that we won't stop until our mission is complete. That's true, man. And that is spreading spinal cord injury awareness, finding cure for paralysis, um, and also just overall health and wellness, man. And with a little bit of... uh, with a little bit of a few other little things sprinkled in here and there, yeah, here we, and there. We dibble, we we, we dabble in, yeah. in different things. We man. don't care. Do we do what we, we do? We do what we do. We, we sprinkle in some sports and some politics and whatever, whatever we feel like. And this is our podcast, man. Yeah, no one can tell us what to do. Can't if, tell us if what you don't to do. like it. Just give us five star review and tell us to f off. Yeah, man. <laughs> we appreciate the five-star reviews. Uh, but, but follow us on uh, Instagram. Follow Jay on Instagram at... Live to Walk Again. Live to Walk Again. Uh, follow follow the, our Twitter at... Uh, Dude, yeah, we, we got to get our Twitter cracking, man, because yeah. we're just like... We're just so generically bland on there. We just like post the RSS feed from our... Um, from the podcast, from the and podcast, we're just we're lame, man. We're gonna get it cracked. We need to just we need to do something viral. We just need to like start calling people out or something. Dude, we should uh, like put you down below the dock and like dump something on your head. Like the not ice the dock, but challenge. that yeah, but like at, off your deck, we should put you down below and let me just like dump something on you. How about we just I dump something on you? Oh, you just, like, run into it and knock it off? Yeah, I'll just, like, elbow it off the edge of the deck. Hope it doesn't actually hit you in the head or anything. <laughs> I'm not down, dude. Okay. I think it would be funnier if I did it to you. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, that but, yeah, you can... Uh, you can like, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> you can listen. I don't want I don't want you to get... I'm uh, going to wear, like... I'm going to put, like, blur my face out, though. Yeah, I don't want you getting any uh, death threats or anything, I don't want to get canceled, dude. Um yeah, you know, you can listen to this podcast um, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You yeah, can listen on forever. Apple, you can listen on iHeartRadio, you can listen on TuneIn, Spotify. Spotify. I mean, let's be honest, you're probably listening on Apple or Spotify. Yeah, it's pretty but much But if you're good. one of the rare breeds that doesn't, then we got you covered. Hey, our boy Primo, he, like, refuses to download the Spotify app for some reason. I, I was... I was he, he's always, like, send me the link to the album, and I'm like, no. no I'm not dude. writing you an email to send whatever. Like, just download Spotify, man. It's 2020 now. Anyway, I should just hook him. I have one more... I have one more spot left on my uh, premium account. Yeah. I have four people attached to it right now. I think I have one more. Maybe I should offer it up to Primo. You should. He does a lot for us, man. 
You should offer it to him. Um, he, yeah, he's, uh, I, I don't even know why. I'm like, it's free, man. It like is LeBron free. James has the free Spotify account. He, does he doesn't even, like, have, I can't, I, think I have they, to. I think they gave him the, when he said that he had the free spot. I mean, that's how the, those rich guys stay rich, man. You, that's true. You don't do dumb stuff. I thought he would have title since he was down with The yeah, Rock. Well, I, uh, I really like to listen to new music. And mm-hmm. so I prefer to pay for a premium um, streaming service so I can listen to anything whenever on or make playlists and I'm not limited by commercials or like yeah what what I can and can't listen to. Well, yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, spot. I mean, Spotify must be. They they already scooped up Joe Rogan, so they're probably yeah. coming after us. I next. have to say, I was um, a long time holdout from spotify i actually was kind of being hipster with it and i was using um napster well it was actually rhapsody but i liked them because they were from like the hometown they were from seattle okay but and then they then napster bought rhapsody and i was like oh dude i'm i'm, I'm using napster like people would be like what <laughs> i don't I even know that. that existed i do remember um but they uh but i finally switched over to spotify so i could have the the family premium account because you get five people and what the problem was is uh every time like my wife would jump on to napster and and put uh like play a song it would kick me off and so and i I had those issues because you and your wife use my amazon account (laughs) and you guys would be listening to music on your alexa and i would try to play music on my alexa and it would say someone else is using your account right there's now. a few times where i've thought about buying my own prime but <laughs> why do it anyway um so brandon <laughs> did you know that september is spinal cord awareness month shut up man yeah did we talk about that last september i don't think because that's how long we've been doing this i know we've been doing it for I mean, it dates back more than a year how yeah. we only have 60 episodes man that's a 59. lot bro that's like but that's from like last february I mean, yeah well there was in. a couple times where uh we had you know like skipped a couple weeks but it was never like too long and then also when coronavirus hit it was Oof, we yeah. took like some time to figure that out yeah, that was that was some issue. That was an issue there. Yeah, that was, but that I mean, shoot, we're pretty consistent. With We've the, been consistent the last, and I know this one's coming out a couple days late because well, it's Labor Day weekend. But um, you know, we're gonna we're getting this to you guys Monday, maybe Tuesday morning. That's depends. cool, man. We're but just hey, wait, waiting know? on another illustrious guest. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I was gonna say also, uh, we talked about the Neuralink a lot. Yeah. Um, and I found a cool, uh, like, uh, what's the Cliff Notes version of the of the hour plus long presentation? Right. Essentially, bulleted points down into like thirteen minutes. And I um, saw that. I saw the that too. the cool thing about that Neuralink is that the primary focus for the first recipient of the first human trial is going to be a paraplegic. Uh, did no, you notice that a, a, no a, a cervical level they said tetraplegic which i don't know what well the they said para it. or tetra okay did they yeah yeah i heard them which say i don't know cervical, what the other one is there's cervical level which i'm cervical See? level so dude I'm trying to get like elon musk hit me dude up. who do you you have to find out man i know 
who we can. I'm trying to. I look. I've been emailing Neuralink. They, is there no sign up? I've Do they have a website? They, their website be. just has a link to be able to. It has a link to the presentation and it has yeah. a link to email them. And the, so I email uh, the. I suggest anybody go ahead and check that out. Yeah. It's uh well I'll put a link to the YouTube video the full one well, and the yeah and the I know cliff notes. I know you and I were planning on maybe just dropping a pod on that video yeah, in we're general gonna, we're gonna just and do just one. discuss it uh, yes. but it might be good for anybody who wants to discuss that with us or just like follow along uh, to watch that that video yeah um, it's a good video I'll post a link to it on this podcast and so uh, we won't get too much into it but I was pretty intrigued that that was the first. Uh, essentially yeah. the first thing they want to tackle which is pretty cool man because that means a they believe that that's their best rate of success right. that they have a, the best chance of of getting fda approval on that well and i think i i'm under the assumption from watching it that they're not necessarily trying to get somebody walking again right now they're trying to get like just get the Neuralink implanted into somebody to be able to like use Work. the phone or you know think about whatever like they were talking about playing video games and stuff like that huh. which i don't know about that but um yeah i don't i don't know the specifics well, yeah. but i'm interested in finding all of that out so sure dude. Neuralink, please uh get at us we get at jeremy alon let's uh yeah. let's talk to him at live to walk again on he'll Instagram. even you can even shoot him into space if you want yeah if I'm walking again, I'll, I'll go to space. I'll do whatever you need. I'll mop the floors, Elon. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Brandon, uh, this week's guest, man, is a really, really cool story. Uh, this gentleman named Ignacio Montoya, uh, he's a biomedical, he, he has a spinal cord injury. He's a biomedical engineer. Uh, neuroscientist and he's the executive director of HINRI labs which I'm not 100% sure what that stands for but they are also trying to find a cure for spinal cord injuries um, which is awesome and exactly up our alley so well, well I'll be curious to hear what what uh, what methods they're using or what what uh, essentially what kind of studies they're doing to do that and what what their method is yeah well, and he, uh, yeah, he got injured, I guess, like a month or a semester shy of graduating with his uh, biomedical engineering degree from a college. Like, he's from uh, outside, in or outside of Atlanta. I'm not sure. The Atlanta area, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, gra- he was a semester shy of graduating, when, and he was going to go into the Air Force to be a fighter pilot. Mm. And I think they um, still, I'm not 100% sure of the story. We're going to talk to him this weekend but he uh from the article i read he yeah still got an honorary was made an honorary fighter pilot and like that's his goal is to go to space actually so that's funny that you said that yeah like he wants to we'll uh, get we'll get you the treatment then we'll nominate him to go to space for very long there you go how about we both get the treatment that'd be cool he can just do this he might be he might have his own thing that's gonna rock this world and i'm curious to hear about it it's true. Andy's part of a clinical trial right now oh. that we're going to talk about. So that I'm very excited for this interview. So hope you all enjoy it. I'll talk to you on the other side. 
All right, so this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are lucky enough to visit with Ignacio Montoya, who is a biomedical engineer, neuroscientist, executive director of HINRI Labs, and a U.S. Air Force pilot. Uh, Ignacio, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, I guess, like, first thing, can you give us kind of a, an overview story of, of what happened, how you were paralyzed? Absolutely. Absolutely, Jeremy. And um, uh, I guess what brought me to this quest, on this quest to reverse paralysis. Um, so seven years ago, I was at Georgia State University studying business administration um, and dual enrolled at Georgia Tech um, in their Air Force ROTC program, studying aerospace studies and as well as commissioning to become a second lieutenant. Um, I did dual degrees, both universities. Took me about five years, uh, but I was able to accomplish both. Had really good grades, uh, amazing ethic, work ethic, and and I really um, felt like I had to push harder than, than everyone else. Uh, having been, uh, originally I was born in Cuba, came when I was six years old. Um, so I always wanted to be above the rest and, and fight harder and, and put my name out there uh, to make sure that everyone knew that, that I could become a fighter pilot. And uh, on Valentine's Day, 2012, I was selected for dual, dual degrees and uh, dual selections for uh, Air Force headquarters for both a pilot slot and a combat systems officer position. And then unfortunately, nine months later, on December 4th, 2012, I had just given a speech at Georgia Tech, uh, an award ceremony, and also a change of command ceremony that I was attending with the uh, Arnold Air Society. And uh, I got on my motorcycle after everything. It was around 7, 7.30 at night. And I rode back home like I did every other day. Um, I'd been riding motorcycles before that for years. I had two motorcycles. I was obsessed with motorcycles and, and I figured that would be the easiest way for me to go quickly between one university and the other since I had, I had to take classes in both universities on the same day. So it was the easiest way for me to go from one to the other since Georgia State and Georgia Tech are, are not too far apart. So, so that's what I was doing and that day, that particular day, December 4th was the day after my birthday I had just turned 22, and um, I was 700 feet from turning into my neighborhood when, when um, uh, a careless driver ran the red light and T-boned me at, at 50 miles an hour. Um, and that resulted in this, this mess and put me on this quest to, to find a cure. Um, just briefly from what, from what happened in that accident, it was a T4, T5 thoracic uh, complete spinal cord injury. And um, it's been seven years, seven years. And, and, and since then, I've, I've been on this quest to, to find a cure and accelerate the latest and, and most successful breakthroughs in different laboratories throughout the world. Oh, that's amazing, man. You're, you're truly uh, the American dream, man, for sure. Uh, you know, I wanted to, I, I did read, I told you, I guess, before we started recording that I had read uh, an article on the uh, HINRI 
um, website that, that is an Atlanta Journal Constitution article, I believe, about you and, and kind of your, your up, you know, like your, your travel from Cuba to the United States, as well as kind of, you know, your accident and things like that. Um, and it talked about how, like within, I guess, a few days or a couple of weeks, you were already, you were only a semester shy of earning your degree. And so you were already like commuting back and forth from the hospital to, to get, get, uh, you know, go to, go to class and make sure you, you got your degree. Um, you know, to talk about that a little bit, I mean, just having to like that quick of a change and then having to, you know, be right back in, in school. And I guess the drive that, that you must have to, to be able to accomplish something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, um, just my background, um, where where I was born, what the, the the experiences I've lived throughout my life, I think in a way prepared me for that moment when I opened my eyes after after being in a coma for three months, having died for 15 minutes and gone into um, cardiac arrest another six times during those six those three months. So I wake up at Shepherd Center, Shepherd Spinal Center one of the top 10 rehabilitation hospitals in the world with spinal cord injuries. And um, I quickly uh, noticed that I, I get a label thrown on me of complete. Initially, I thought when I heard, you know, complete or incomplete, I thought it, would, it was a good thing because I, I didn't know. I mean, I'd just woken up and people were telling me that I had a complete spinal cord injury. And I was like, oh, great. So I guess I'm complete. I don't, I don't want to be incomplete. I guess people who are incomplete are missing limbs or, or something else is wrong with them. But I mean, I didn't know. I just literally woken up and, and I started hearing this word. And, and I later realized that that category, that label that, that gets thrown on us, uh, depending on the severity of the injury, uh, I guess if you don't have any function or sensation or movement below the injury level that categorizes you as a complete injury, and when, when you have a spinal cord injury and you're considered complete, regardless of me being in one of the top 10 rehabilitation hospitals for spinal cord injuries in my city, in Atlanta, where I'd been for 20 something years, um, I, I wouldn't qualify to do on any, to get on any locomotive training machines, to do any treadmill walking, any locomats. Um, uh, they wouldn't even put me on an FTS bike. I was sitting on the edge of a mat working on my balance and, and that's just what physical therapy consisted of uh, during the six months that I was in that hospital. And I quickly realized that, um, you know, like I said, my upbringing and I, I, I was born in Cuba in 1990, right when the Soviet Union fell and, and the Berlin Wall came down and, and all that happened and Cuba uh, went into the worst economic crisis that that island had ever seen and that, that's when I was born uh, so I was I was born into into seeing seeing struggles and always finding a way forward uh, that wasn't new to me and then I'd come to the US uh, at six years old I'd learn English I'd I'd always uh, push forward and um, and put my name out there in the Air Force like I said I was one of five selected for on Valentine's Day 2012 for pilot slots. Um, and to, to accomplish that feat was no easy task whatsoever. And um, with that mentality, um, 
my mom also, I lost my mom when I was four years old. Uh, leukemia came out of nowhere. She was the healthiest uh, woman in the world. And in nine months after being diagnosed, um, she was called to heaven. So not having my mom ever since I was four years old, um, having to run away essentially from Cuba at six years old to not to, not to uh, chase an American dream, like, like we always hear, but my dad will always say, create your own American dream, because that's what we have to do. We don't have family or background here in, in the United States. Um, we have to start from scratch. So create your own American dream. And, and that's, why, that's why we've been given this opportunity to come to the US. So that stayed in my mind, man, when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And um, I wasn't playing video games. I wasn't playing with, with kids. I was just uh, eating the books and learning English and always calling the, uh, the bank and the, the gas company for my dad because I was the only person that spoke English in the house. Um, even till this day, my, dad, my dad's English isn't too good. I mean, he's, ever since he got here, he's just been working and working and working. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's the upbringing that prepared me. Uh, plus the military side, the, the five years that I was in the Air Force that just refined those, those core values of, of excellence and always pushing against any obstacles. Uh, so all of those experiences, man, in my life, I think prepared me for that moment when, when I heard at Shepherd Center, oh, you have a complete injury. There's, you can't get on this machine. There's no, there's no significant or uh, real rehabilitation or opportunities uh, for you to be able to fight, fight for recovery or fight for something. I just, I just wanted a chance. That's all I wanted. I wanted a chance. I wanted to be able to get on those machines and try them out and, and see what my body, how my body responded. Right. And, and I, I couldn't. And I kept getting the word impossible. No, you don't qualify. Oh, and by the way, uh, during the three months that you were in a coma, you lost so much weight that you now have a pressure sore in your coccyx that prevents you from getting on any of those machines should your injury be incomplete. So, so I had all that, man, all that. And then, so I escaped from Shepherd Center. Um, after, after waking up from the coma, I got on the wheelchair, figured out how to move this thing. And I kept, I went, I kept going to these, um, these therapy quote unquote sessions where they would send me to the, to, um, this physical therapy, um, gym that they have on the second floor. And like I said, they would just have me sitting on the edge of a mat. Um, then they would send me to speech therapy, which I thought was weird. Cause I mean, I woke up fine. I, I was talking fine. I was coherent. Thank God during the three month coma, I didn't have any cognitive defects, even though it was categorized as a traumatic brain injury. But, but I had a, uh, a, a psych neuro, neuro evaluation that, that I passed with flying colors, but they still sent me to speech therapy and which to me was, was, um, insignificant or not necessary because everyone else in that, in that classroom did have traumatic, like really bad strokes that affected their, their, their cognitive abilities. So that, so that's the environment. Uh, where I was, where I woke up to, and um, I decided to to use those values, those experiences, to to push forward um, and to get out of that hospital. I I rode my wheelchair six miles from Shepherd Center to Georgia State University, 
um, under the rain. I didn't know it was going to rain that day, but unfortunately, the rain caught me, and I, but I still made it. I rolled up into the dean's office, and I said, hey, look, here's my, um, my bracelet from Shepherd Center, um, and I, I'm currently uh, admitted as an inpatient at Shepherd, but I escaped because my, my Air Force class that I studied with for five years is commissioning at this moment, and they're following their dreams as we speak. And, and it was that day of, of graduation that, that really hurt me because I, I couldn't be there. So I, I went to Georgia State and I said, I was, I'm only three classes um, a semester away from, from finishing my, my degree at Georgia State University and in aerospace at Georgia Tech. But since the Air Force just disqualified me from continuing my, my fighter pilot dreams um, because of this accident, I no longer have the scholarships um, to be able to pay for this last semester. And, and I re-enrolled immediately. The dean, he was the most incredible man, Richard Phillips from Georgia State University. He enrolled me in and, and had his secretary uh, escort me back to Shepherd Center where they were looking for me and uh -huh. calling the cops on me, trying to figure out where I was. But I was, I was on a mission, man. I, was, I didn't wanna, I don't wanna be set back more and more and more because I knew after such a catastrophic accident, um, there was many things that, that, that were gonna set me back if I let them. And I wasn't going to, and, and I had my mind straight. And um, like I said, I, I needed to find a way forward, finish, finish that degree, and then concentrate on, on everything else. That's that's amazing, man. I'm uh, yeah. That's a uh, that's a lot of hard work, and and you know I know I I was still in high school when my accident. I got in a car accident, and so I mean I know it was tough after months of rehab to go back to high school and finish that up. So I can't imagine going back to college at that at that point, you know. Um, but I, I did want to ask you. Um, so the biomedical engineering and neuroscientist uh, degrees. Um, did you? start doing that after the injury or were you already interested in that sort of a line of study before your your accident man i had no interest whatsoever in the healthcare industry no interest no need no knowledge right. i was ignorant as ignorant as you could be i mean i knew everything about flying i was working on my private pilot's license i'm a member of the georgia tech yallet uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket Club, uh, flying club. And I was getting my private pilot's license at the same time as I was in this ROTC program, um, applying to become a, 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 a fighter pilot. Um, so I, was, I knew everything about flying airplanes, um, but I had no need, no need, no interest. Um, and um, I finished that business degree um, at Georgia State University. And um, I figured I, need to, I needed to, to find solutions. So I, I went to um, Shepherd Center because the first thing on my mind was I need, to get, I need to get a car. I need to be able to drive. I need to get around. I'm in a power wheelchair. I only have my left arm that's functioning because apart from the spinal cord injury, I also have a, a peripheral nerve injury of the right arm, uh, what's called the brachial plexus injury of the right arm where three of those five peripheral nerves that go to, to the right arm 
ripped from the root where they connect to the spinal cord. Oh my God. That brought about the most extreme neuropathic pain ever imaginable um, alongside the paralysis, alongside the spinal cord injury and all that, and the traumatic brain injury. So I had a full plate. Um, but regardless of all that, I had my left arm and I went to Shepherd Center to their to get a driving evaluation to see how I could get driving controls installed in a car and, and what car would I need to be able to drive and just start figuring things out. And they told me about the um, vocational rehab agency. And then I, I went to them and I said, okay, what do I need to do? How can you guys help me um, get these resources? Right. And the first thing they said, well, we help you if, if you have a disability and you want to get back into the workforce. And I said, perfect. I want to get back into the workforce right now. Yeah. And they said, all right, well, what's your occupation? What did you do before the accident? And I said, well, <laughs> I used to uh, fly airplanes and I was selected as a fighter pilot with the Air Force and this and that. And they said, well, if there's any way you guys can modify an F-16, which is the Viper, the, the plane that I was selected to fly, uh, that would be great. Of course, they looked at me like I was crazy. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I, I still tried and, and they said, um, we do have an educational um, scholarship, um, depending on how your GPA, how your grades were, um, you know, they do an evaluation to see if, if you're really gonna be able to be capable of, of getting such degree. I have perfect grades, a 4.0 uh, before. And, um, and uh, I told them my passion and, and, and focus right now is to dig as deep as I can into, into this mess, into uh, this neurological injury and find a solution. In order to do that, since I already went to Georgia Tech and since Georgia Tech offers um, the number one biomedical engineering program in the country, I wanna go to Georgia Tech and get a master's in biomedical engineer, engineering. Before that, of course, I'd spoken with the dean, I'd spoken with the, with the president of the school, and I had already done my research um, to see you know, what else I could do to, to find solutions. And, and that, that was the, the best opportunity. Everything, everything took forever, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. between applications, red tape, um, bureaucracy, going back and forth, stupid little forms that I needed to fill out. Um, it took months upon months upon months, but I didn't have another option. I didn't have forty, fifty thousand dollars in the bank to go pay for school. And since Georgia Vocational Rehab, they, they offered to pay for it, I pursued it. And thank God that came through, that happened, and they were able to pay for, for, the, for my master's degree in biomedical engineering. And I got three phenomenal letters of recommendation uh, from people who knew me and and thank God I I got into the program and I graduated number one in my class with another 4.0 uh, kicked ass and took names and um, I could not let those people down not the vocational rehab agency not the president of the university the president of the university wrote a letter of recommendation to the biomedical engineering school so when you get a letter of recommendation from the president of the school, you, you, you get in. I so bet, I, I, bet. I, I couldn't let him down at all. So, and, and I had to, 
I didn't have a bachelor's in biomedical engineering. Again, my passion was aviation, aerospace, and business at Georgia State University. So I'm in this master's program. All the other 32 students had bachelor's in biomedical engineering, and they knew everything the professors were talking about. And I had to do double, triple, quadruple the work to, to read and to understand the concepts of how to get an idea from, from an idea to, to be in bedside uh, next to a patient and going through everything from manufacturing to regulatory to FDA to everything, every, every part of the process. And that's what this master's in biomedical engineering consisted of. Uh, that's that's amazing, man. Uh, that's that's uh, something to definitely be proud of. Um, you know, I wanted to have you kind of tell everybody um, that's listening about, um, you know, what exactly, I know you're the executive director of HINRI Labs. Uh, can you tell us like what HINRI Labs is and then how you became uh, executive director? Absolutely. Um, HINRI is uh, we call it Henry, Henry, H-I-N-R-I, Henry Labs. Um, it's the Healthcare Institute for Neuro Recovery and Innovation. It's a nonprofit. Um, and it's founded by Ross Mason. He is a quadriplegic. He became paralyzed uh, 12 years ago. I believe this year will be 13. Um, he was um, training for a triathlon. This man was an all-around athlete. Um, he was training for a triathlon in Atlanta in the Silver Comet Trail. He was in the arrow position on his bicycle going really fast when uh, a bee stung him in the eye. He went off course. He tried to brush the, the yellow jacket off of his, off of his face, um, and he hit, a, he hit a tree head on. Oh, my uh, God fracturing a c6 became quadriplegic then and um and i i met him through three mutual connections in 2015 uh a four-star general general larry ellis um the founder of uh, a paralysis recovery center and the president of georgia tech these three individuals introduced us um and we had many mutual and 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 similar things in line with our projects and ideas none of the people that introduced us told us told each other that that the other was in wheelchairs or well, there was no discussion of a paralysis or a spinal cord injury and i think that's what motivated us even more to connect with each other because a lot of people when you have spinal cord injuries everybody wants to introduce you to their friend who's also has a spinal cord injury right. um and um but we we didn't know each other had spinal cord injuries we connected and and this man became a godsend for me. Um, he, he has many, many, many um, connections and friends and, and contacts. He's, he's a philanthropist. He, um, uh, a venture capitalist. He, he's, uh, he's an innovator. Um, but he's been mostly focused on, on his career and continuing business and nothing related to, to paralysis recovery or neuro recovery or modulation none of the none of the sort um but that that's where i come in and and we 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 made a perfect team because i was concentrated on that aspect and he was he was focused on the business side um and he's the founder of henry um henry um 
the organization. And when I, he was actually, he became my mentor. He was one of the people I consulted when I told him I wanted to get a master's degree. And I said, the logical thing, if I have a, a bachelor's in business administration, the logical thing is for me to get an MBA, master's in business administration, because that's what my background's been in. Um, but he was, he was the, the first one to tell me, yeah, but what are you going to do with an MBA um, if you're trying to find a cure for paralysis? Yeah. And um, he's, he was my mentor. He's the one that introduced me to, um, to um, Robert Goldberg, the, the former president of the biomedical school at Georgia Tech. Oh. Uh, so Ross Mason is the founder and, and, and we started collaborating and he, um, as soon as I graduated with this master's in biomedical engineering, I was given that position of, of uh, executive director and chief scientific officer of Henry Labs. Henry Labs is a, is a nonprofit that's aimed to disrupt, change and transform transform keyword transform not improve um, transform the quality of life of individuals with spinal cord injuries and that transformation comes about by creating um, voluntary movement and contractions below the injury that translate to independence so something that you couldn't do before that you can now do because of this breakthrough or this this change and that's that's the position i was given um, and that I basically designed alongside with, with, with uh, Mr. Mason. And um, my, my, ever since 2018, my job has been to travel all over the, the world, um, picking brains and figuring out what the latest breakthroughs are. Going to the Miami Project to cure paralysis open house, going to the United to Fight Paralysis um, symposiums, going to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, speaking with the team and uh, Zuzi Harkema, uh, the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation, um, the Lakeshore Foundation in Alabama, where the Paralympics go to train, um, going to the Neurological Recovery Center in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, figuring out what they're doing there, um, and on and so forth. Kennedy Krieger Institute, uh, all Mayo Clinics, uh, one in Jacksonville, Florida, the one in Rochester, Minnesota. Um, and that's, that's what I've been doing. Uh, the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab in Chicago, I was there for 10 weeks. And I've been traveling, picking brains, uh, introducing myself, um, and, and evaluating and participating, evaluating from a biomedical standpoint and participating because I'm obviously I'm a participant and a patient, a person with a spinal cord injury of these latest breakthroughs, these solutions. Um, everything that that's not invasive. I haven't done any, any stem cells. I haven't done any surgeries, um, but I've evaluated everything that, that's not been invasive and that honestly, that, that has a potential. Um, and so, that's what led me to here. Can I ask you why, um, so have you evaluated some of the um, procedures that are invasive and just didn't think they were good enough? Or you, you guys are strictly non-invasive um, wanting to find a cure by, by finding something that's non-invasive? No, I just haven't had the opportunity. Okay. One, one, the opportunity, and two, because of, because of uh, everything that it takes, 
um, to do a surgery. And I've, my, my main goal and something I spoke with Ross from the beginning, I, wanna, I want to uh, evaluate all opportunities that exist and combine because I don't want to just look at one thing and then go see another, but try to combine everything and anything that, that can solve spinal cord injuries. Nothing is off the table whatsoever. Everything's on the table, but I first want to evaluate everything that, that can be done uh, transcutaneously or non-invasively. Because, um, I mean, I'm sure you know all the risks involved when, when, you, when you go to that other step. So, so that's, that's been the, um, the, the idea. But, if, hey, if there's something that, that works better, if it's proven to work better than something that I'm using – um, for example, um, uh, non-invasively, I, I'm there. Nothing's off the off the table. That's great. Yeah, I mean, at the Live to Walk Again Foundation here, we that's one of our main thoughts too is that it's going to take you know like a combination of a few different maybe procedures or technologies to really really jumpstart this thing. So um, I, I'm glad to hear you as a as a biomedical engineer and neuroscientist say the same thing. So, um, you know, have you, yeah, have you looked at all into um, the Neuralink and Elon Musk stuff? I know it's been, been all over the news the last couple of weeks and it seems pretty exciting. So, um, you know, have you, yeah, tell us if you've, if you've looked into that at all and, and your thoughts, I guess. Yeah, well, a few things with Elon uh, Musk. I have I have seen it. I saw the uh, about fourteen minute presentation on YouTube yeah. that he gave on it, um, and I've done a just a tad bit of research here and there. But I wanna I wanna dig a bit deeper. It does have on the list of things that they're hoping to to be able to solve. Paralysis is on that list. I'm sure you've seen it. So, um, yeah, I. I need to do a little bit more research, um, but with Elon, the my main um, thing has been um, SpaceX, and I'll tell you why. So, with my background as a as a pilot, um, and and my 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 credentials, like I mentioned, with the Air Force, um, I connected with Dr. Reggie Edgerton. That's what's brought me here to Los Angeles, where I'm currently at. Like I told you, I'm originally from Atlanta, been all my life in Atlanta. Uh, but in December of last year, I drove out here to Los Angeles um, after vocational, the vocational rehab agency finally installed the driving controls in my vehicle for me to be able to drive um, that I've been trying to get since 2013. Finally in 2019, because they wouldn't give me the controls until I finished that master's degree that they paid for so um yeah it's a pain in the butt but thank god that they came through and i drove out here to los angeles and began participating in this 12-month clinical trial evaluating again evaluating transcutaneous electrical stimulation on the spinal cord and its effects it's the first time that a clinical trial has been done of 12 months of this this, this long and this magnitude per se. And um, yeah, I was very interested. I tried transcutaneous uh, stimulation and at the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, 
That's what I, that's why I was there for 10 weeks um, with Dr. Monica Perez from the Miami Project to cure paralysis who had moved to the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab. Her and her, her lab were now working at, were working in Chicago. So I went there, I tested it out, saw some very positive results uh, where my lower extremities lifted up and moved. Um, and there was some voluntary. Yeah, is that like, are you, so when, when this electrical stimulation's hitting, are you thinking about moving your leg at the same time? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it's only then, I'm telling you, I had many sessions of the stimulation in Chicago and here in, in, in California, I've had many, many more. But what I've noticed is that it's only when you become an active participant and not just a passive recipient of the stimulation, when you apply intent, when you try, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you try to trick your mind that things are going to move and you try and you try and you try it's not going to work the first time maybe it won't work the first 10 times but i promise you that's that's how it works and i tell you i have one of the most severe complete spinal cord injuries ever i've looked at the mris of my spinal cord uh, up in chicago uh last october six years post the injury and and all throughout and um i've had um neuroscientist and neuro, neuro, neurologist look at the MRIs and they, can, they tell me the epicenter of my spinal cord injury is T4, T5. That's where my T5 vertebrae went one way, T4 went the other way, and the T5 was crushed on top of that. So the epicenter is that T4, T5, but from T2 to T7, you really can't see much through an MRI, um, which anatomically, it, it signifies that there's 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 problems there in the spinal cord, um, and there was a, a severe pinch of the of the nerves. So and it's been complete ever since ever since the the injury. So um, so having such a complete injury, and then for me to see activation happening when I apply intent, that's why I say that's the key to to these breakthroughs. Um, when you're just sitting back and expecting something to happen, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's when you apply intent, like I said, become an active participant. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's what I, what I've been, what I've been trying here in Los Angeles and, um, talking with Dr. Edgerton, I noticed that he's, he sent previously about 12 primates over the last 20 years of, of his work through the Russian Space Federation and NASA, 12 primates into space to help with, there's a lot of similarities with paralysis, with loss of bone density and, and being up in space and, and no gravity and, and zero gravity. And again, there's much loss of bone density. There's no active weight bearing. Um, and there's, there's similarities like that. And, and that's what I spoke to Dr. Edgerson about. And um, I said, I'd, I'd love to be primate number 13, uh, jokingly. Um, I'd love to be able to, to the findings and the research that I use, um, that I help develop with the biomedical uh, research, um, be able to help astronauts who are up there for more than three, six months at a time at the International Space Station, be able to develop uh, technologies and things that can help them um, not lose so much bone density. 
And that's something we're collaborating with. And he, he said, well, the best way to do that is through SpaceX. And we got to we gotta contact, con- get in contact with, with Elon Musk. And, and that's something that's in the, in the works. Um, but that's, that's been my main drive in, in getting in contact with, with Elon. And that's exactly what led me to see, to find this new um, breakthrough that you mentioned, the Neuralink. Um, and again, I, I have to do a lot of more research, but I saw the 14 minute presentation um, about the pigs. Um, and um, I'm very curious, very curious. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm super, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it seems like the, I, it just feels like something's close, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, when, when, Elon, when Elon touches something, I mean, he always, like he says, make it go tenfold, hundredfold, and make yeah. it go a, a million times uh, better. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And you know, the cool thing about the the Neuralink is that their their I think their initial goal is to use it on people with spinal cord injuries before like branching off to to other you know other areas of of, uh, of usage for that. So that that's pretty exciting as well. Um, and I was you know Ignacio, I wanted to know what um as far as the clinical trial that you're doing now um so you've been doing that like since you moved out there in december is that right correct and then uh what is it at a university or uh what uh who is doing the clinical trial out there in la it's um out of ucla um that's where dr edison works um of course when COVID hit a lot of all UCLA shut down um, and there had to be a, a, a new, a new IRB put in place to be able to do the, to continue the clinical study, but in the uh, participants apartments. So my apartments now, the clinical trial site, the team is coming out to the house uh, four days a week, every day, Monday through Friday, except for Wednesday. So four days a week for three hour sessions. Uh, and they put two electrodes, one on T11, one on L1, and um, and let it run, uh, and bring it up the stimulation to about between 70, um, 60, 70, 80 uh, milliamps between that range, between 60 and 80 milliamps, and um, send these electrical currents that um, that literally activate or turn on the rest of my body, and I'm seeing it on a daily basis. I try to post on Instagram a lot of uh, videos, photos every single week, tons and tons of updates, whether it's um, um, updates of, of the research or, or of the, the biomedical engineering work that I'm doing. I'm posting everything on there and I am seeing unbelievable results. And I really think this is, this is a crucial, crucial uh, component of the overall solution to cure paralysis. I don't think it's the, it's, the, it's the cure, but it's definitely for sure a very, very important part. There's no doubt about it. So speaking of the results, you're having movement, when, so you're having some movement when you are thinking about it and being, like we talked about, an active participant. Um, are you having any sensation uh, changes or um, is that still, is there still no feeling uh, below the injury level for you? Well, I, um, 
as far as the movement, I moved, I wiggled my toes uh, with no stimulation after the clinical trial with no stimulation on command. I have it on video and it's uploaded to on Instagram as well. Uh, again, this is a complete seven year post complete spinal cord injury, wiggling my toes on command. Wow. So this, this um, electrical stimulation, what it does is what I've noticed is that even with the most complete injuries, there's still, there's still um, fibers, nerve fibers through the spinal cord that remain intact. I mean, I guess the only, the only circumstance where there wouldn't be one is when there's a clean, complete transaction of the spinal cord, like a stab right on the spinal cord. Um, and the, 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 I mean, the chances of that are very slim. Um, so there's always, no matter the pinch, the rip, the pull, the tear, there's always something that remains. And this electrical stimulation tests, tests that uh, first off to see if, if you do have connections and, and we were able to see that I did uh, from the beginning. And then it's a matter of amplifying those connections and um, really honest to God truth, believing and then and tricking your mind that things are gonna things are gonna happen. Being the, I think that the mental game, the positivity, the optimism, the 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 hunger, the ambition for more. And even though you you don't see crap, the first ten sessions, twenty sessions, still being being a hundred percent there and focused and not on your phone and and looking in a mirror, always not being afraid of looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing and believing and and i'm telling you that's 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 when i've seen things move um on uh, on august 11th uh, just last month is when i moved my toes for the first time i thought maybe i got lucky maybe it had something to do with the spasm maybe 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 things and questions and doubts that get into our minds naturally right um and then i did it again um about two days later and not every single time that I've tried, it's, it's worked, but on and off, it's happening um, on different occasions. And when I've spoken to the, to the um, principal investigator here of this clinical trial, they've told me that, yeah, it's not, the connections are, are building. I mean, you've been paralyzed seven years. You can expect after three months of, of this clinical trial for things to just fire on command. We have to really, you know, have clear what expectations we have of this or any, any breakthrough or any, any study and go in, you know, expecting that, that everything's going to fire, but not, not, not being let down if nothing fires and everything is positive and everything is good for the body in many, many ways. I mean, I am sweating like crazy during this clinical trial. I've lost so much weight which is again, another great, um, another great benefit um, that, you know, isn't really talked about, but the loss of weight, my, my, my heart rate has gone up. Um, I, I feel like I'm actually doing cardio now when I'm I'm working out, um, which is so beneficial. Yeah. I want to, so when they're hooking up the electrodes to you, are you in like one of the the walking harnesses on a treadmill? Are you just like laying on a bed? Like how are they 
um, how, how are they conducting, I guess, the, the trial on you with the electrodes? Well, there's two different um, sessions that I'm doing in a day. The three-hour session of the electrical stimulation, um, the three-hour session is just here on a massage table, sitting up um, with my feet planted on the ground, standing up assisted by two therapists, um, doing exercises to, to try to send signals down to my trunk, my abdomen, my core, my obliques. So having me at the edge of this, of this massage table, uh, leaning to my sides, doing different activity-based exercises that get you to engage different muscles. They put a towel under my right butt cheek to force me to try to stay to my left. Things like that, different strategies to get me to engage my core um, and my, my, my core muscles and my trunk and all that, my back. Um, and yeah, and then, then I stand up, like I said, assisted and do some weight bearing. And that's what I do during those three hours of this electrical stimulation. Afterwards, I then go to a paralysis recovery gym and I do locomotor training on a treadmill. Um, uh, and, and I do locomotive training and then I get on a new step. I do an FES bike and I basically spend about four hours uh, at this paralysis recovery center. So three in the morning, four in the afternoon, about between seven and eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. That's, you're, and, uh, you're a hustler, man. That's, uh, that's, that's a lot of work. That is, that's hard work right there, I know. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, this, this has become my, my career, my education. I've basically created, I've made my unmet needs of spinal cord injuries, of brachial plexus injuries, the crazy neuropathic pain, all of my unmet needs that come about after a paralysis, I've made those into my, into my career, into my education. And I've made those uh, in a way that I have to do them every single day because that's my job. That's my, my work and that's what I'm studying. So I've made those needs my, my everyday part of my, my activities of daily living, uh, like brushing my teeth and, and you know, eating. It's, right. it's just like that. It's, I have to get up and I have to do these things and I have to go work out and, and I've put, put it in my mind that way so that it's, uh, it's it's great to do. That, that's amazing, man. That's really really cool. Um, the so how long um, is the clinical trial going to last for? Like how much longer are you participating in it, or um, does it run, or what? Like what's the outlook on it? So the clinical trial is um, like I said at the beginning, it's a twelve month clinical oh, okay. trial. It started in January. Everything was going great and dandy and perfect, and then in March first week of March, everything shut down. Right. The clinical trials stopped. So we only, had, we only got to do January and February. But, but I didn't have anything else, any electrical stimulation. The clinical trial had to be suspended March, April, and May. So after getting a new IRB, a new approval, the clinical trial restarted in June. So June 2020, and we're doing the 12 months again. June 2020, till June 2021 and oh, that's, that's awesome 
So those first two months, January and February, uh, we view those as a, a trial run, getting to know me, my body, what, what parameters I needed, what, what levels of stimulation excite the spinal circuitry. And we really use those two months to, to get to explore my body and, and get a test run, uh, per se. Nice, nice. And do you know how many people, I mean, I know obviously you said you're doing it by yourself now at your house with, with uh, some of the, the people from UCLA coming in to assist you. Um, do you know how many people are involved in the, in the trial right now? Absolutely. So as far as um, uh, participants, uh, I'm one, of course. Um, there's also another participant uh, from New York. Um, and we have uh, two in Atlanta and one in Miami. Uh, so about five total participants at the moment um, for this clinical trial. And then it's gonna be bumped up to 40 um, and then to 100. Uh, so we just signed an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding with the uh, VA, uh, Veterans Administration in Virginia and their spinal cord injury unit. And um, our, our hopes and idea is to after the successful completion of this clinical trial, then be able to scale it up to, to, um, uh, to with help with the VA. Uh, we also uh, established an MOU with Emory University Hospital in Atlanta okay. and, uh, and Georgia Tech. So, nice. so with, with these military, uh, university and clinical partners, the, the idea is to scale scale this based on the, the results that we get. And right now we're just, everything's a big question mark to see at the end of, of uh, June, 2021, what my possible recovery is and the other, the other four participants. And um, in the last, in the last uh, 12, 15 years, the things that have been done with electrical stimulation have only been clinical trials that have lasted three months at a time, four months, six months, just focused on one aspect uh, of either bowel and bladder, either, um, either uh, standing or stepping, or just one particular aspect. The amazing thing about this 12-month clinical trial is that we're focused on everything, everything all together at once. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're seeing what, what happens and we're crossing our fingers and, and, and uh, asking God to keep opening these doors and to, to make these uh, miracles come true. That's, that's so cool. Um, so the, when, you, when the trial is going to expand to 40 and then you, you said you also have the MOU with, with the uh, Veterans Administration in Virginia for their spinal cord injury um, center, are, will that start will they start working on other people after the the after june 2021 when your clinical trial ends or are they going to try to overlap a bit um that's that's when we hope that they're gonna they're gonna um scale up the findings and that's when more individuals are going to be brought into this clinical trial um but again it's all it's all going to be uh, based on on the evidence the results of of what's clinical trial brings about and we have we have um, uh, female and male we have different age groups 
so we have we have a little bit of diversity in these five participants, different parts of the country, different types of injuries, um, and 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 different uh, severities. So right, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, that's very cool. Well, hey Ignacio, I appreciate you taking uh, you know about an hour out of your day to uh, to chat with me and, and and tell the podcast here a little bit about you know, what you've done and, and the amazing things you're working on. Um, you know, at the end of these interviews, I usually, I like to ask people, um, you know, if you have any health tips for other folks living with spinal cord injuries that you've found super helpful that might not be mainstream or, you know, any like supplements or, or things like that that you've uh, discovered over the years. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think one of the, the, main thing is main things is to eliminate eliminate completely any and all secondary complications that come about uh, after a spinal cord injury uh, for you to just have on your mind and and as far as the only health concern to, to for the person to be worried about is just paralysis and getting up and moving because when you eliminate all those other things, that's, what, that's when it, it allows you to then focus during a clinical trial like this on the main problem. Um, and the best, thing to, the best way to do that is, I think um, what I've seen and what I've done in these past years is, is make sure my, my diet is, is paramount, is the best ever. Yeah. Um, the diet, what goes in you, my, my calorie intake. Um, and I've spoken with a, a great, great, great nutritionist, uh, paralysis nutritionist. She's married to someone that has a spinal cord injury and she's a great nutritionist out of uh, New York. Um, and, um, I can uh, give you her, her information later, but she's yeah. a paralysis uh, nutritionist. And, um, she she gave me great tidbits and ideas and ways to we really need to view our 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 diet and everything it's it's completely different as as what it was before and what the standards are for your average person your fitbits and your your ways of counting your caloric intake are are out the table i mean uh, out the window Th those things really don't take into account someone with the has a paralysis uh you, you're not burning as much calories therefore you shouldn't be be taking a, as much in and the calories that you are taking in um you know being mindful of viewing every single thing that you eat well not every single thing but i mean you could always cheat on weekends or something but viewing for the most things that you eat and drink asking yourself what nutritional value does this have on my body, how is this gonna? How is this gonna mess up my weight, my balance, my my this, my that? And I think just having a hold, a grip on on our weight, and and instead of spending thousands of dollars in a um, in going to gyms and and places to work out, you know, acquiring acquiring the machines and the things that we need at home, a standing frame, an FES bike to do electrical stimulation in your home 
Um, so if you have the opportunity to, to raise money or if you have the money or raise money or uh, go through different foundations, uh, churches, whatever means possible, but the funds that you do raise, don't just spend 30, 40, 50,000 going to a paralysis recovery center because those funds are going to run out. And those six months or that year or however long you spent going to that place, it's going to end. And then what happens after that? Right. You know, so you need to have, you need to have the things at home um, that are going to help you with your recovery. Cause we don't know how long this crap is going to take. We don't know when a solution is going to be around the corner. So having the tools, the equipment um, in case, imagining that every process recovery center shut down tomorrow, are you going to be okay? Are you going to have the things in your home? Are you going to have, you know, eliminated the secondary complications? And I think one of the great supplements that I can, uh, that comes to mind is um, Elora for, um, for um, it's a cranberry, cranberry uh, supplement, uh, cranberry pills that helps with UTIs, um, which is a huge secondary complication. Um, so Elora, taking Elora, uh, it's E-L-L-U-R-A. That's something that I've taken that helps me. Um, and I think with, um, with bowel programs as well, there's something called enemies, um, that are these, these, um, that are not, um, what do you call it? They're not suppositories and don't require digital stimulation to people that have to undergo that. There are these amazing, uh, things that you, you, um, you, uh, inject per se or, or put, um, in your bowels. And, and that's, that allows you to go completely, um, on your own, um, over a toilet or however, however you go. But I'd say a lot of people from the very beginning are, are told to do their bowel programs in a bed laying down. I always tell people to do them sitting up to, to use gravity to your advantage and, and to, as the healthy as as possible uh, for your body, for your bowels, bowel and bladder, having a good control over those, making sure you don't have pressure source, keeping your body active, um, moving in one way or another every single day. Um, I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. And something that I'm starting to try is having, uh, I have an FES bike, so I'm thinking of, um, having electrodes on uh, throughout the night um, while I sleep, uh, stimulating, obviously being safe and not, not, not burning anything, but, but at least just for an hour at a time um, because the system shuts down after an hour anyways. But uh, just having things like that, um, since my whole day is so busy, I don't have time to sit down and, and use the electrical simulation, but something that I could possibly do at night. But those are some great tidbits that have helped me in the past. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's some great information. We, uh, and I, I'll, uh, I'm going to link, you know, the H, uh, the, the HINRI labs, the Henry labs uh, to, to the podcast here. And I'll uh, also, you know, link your social media accounts and stuff so people can get in touch with you if, if they would like to do so. And, uh, yeah, Ignacio, I, I appreciate it so much, man. Maybe we can catch up uh, a little ways down the road uh, when you're kind of coming to the end of your 
the clinical trial you're working on and, and just kind of get, get an update from you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, please feel free to contact me anytime. Um, I'm always available. Um, well, I always try to make myself available. My schedule is crazy busy. As you know, we tried a couple times to get on this interview and, and my apologies on that, but I always try to make myself available and um, everything of mine is called From Flying to Walking. So I have a Facebook page, Facebook community page, and I have an Instagram page um, and they're both called From Flying to Walking. Um, I have a Twitter as well called Flying to Walking without the from, but I, I hardly ever get on Twitter. So Instagram and Facebook are the best ones and that's where I post uh, updates and on Henry, henry.org, our website, you could see also my Facebook updates get automatically uh, sent to the website as well. Oh, perfect, perfect. All right, uh, Ignacio, I appreciate it so much, man. Uh, we, we will definitely be talking soon. Yeah, man, we're in this together. Yeah. We're on this quest quest to reverse paralysis. And, um, and if I could be helpful in any way, man, uh, please always count on me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm applying to uh, for this PhD in neuroscience next week, actually, here at UCLA. So good luck. The, uh, good luck. The neuro the the neuroscientist um, is is about to is about to happen. So I'm right now a biomedical engineer, and and I'm going to be enrolling in this PhD program to to dive deeper. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I, I appreciate all the work you're doing, and uh, we yeah we're we're going to find a cure eventually, man. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Ignacio. Thank you. Take care. You too. All right. That was Ignacio Montoya. Big thanks to Ignacio for taking some time out of his day to, uh, to visit with us. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely post a link to the HINRI labs. And, uh, you know, anybody that wants to go donate some money, we can uh, hopefully we can really help raise them some money, get find a cure for paralysis because this shit sucks. <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah there ain't no way to let's not beat around the bush man no, we don't need to sugarcoat this Nah, we don't need to sugarcoat shit because um it, it probably does suck yeah absolutely um but it, you make the best of it man i, I always know. i always say like um fuck dude i don't know like it, it seems like i don't know if if i'd be able to you know uh, have a as strong of a grip as you have, man. And yeah. Expe- I, I'm not even I talking about just now, man. Obviously, you've learned to adapt, man. But even in the beginning, bro, when uh, I'm sure it was really tough. But yeah. that's also because you're a fucking angry Italian and you don't show your feelings. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I will not <laughs> shed a fucking tear. <laughs> Oh man, tears have been shed for sure. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah, it's. I just feel like you gotta make the most of it while you're yeah. while you're in. But it. wouldn't it be cool, man, if uh, we had a, a hand in in ending this shit? Uh, I, mean, I think it would make it all worth it, dude. I don't even care if we're the ones that have. I don't care if we have a hand in. It. I just want there to be. You know, I mean, regardless, man. I mean, if we're just bringing, yeah, I just want to bring attention to it. And if, yeah, I mean, if attention it, and awareness, man, is having a hand in it. I feel yeah, um, yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking bigger, man. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm not allowing myself to believe that that what we're doing 
may or may not. I really believe that we can contribute and will contribute. I mean, I think we're already way. contributing by doing. I mean, doing this podcast is. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, toot. but I think toot on it, it's, bro. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just important to like show the like the normalcy of uh, yeah. someone with a spinal cord injury, like the and not even normalcy because man, fuck being normal, like the extraordinary people that have spinal cord injuries and that we need to find a cure for this shit so people don't have to deal with this facts so i mean yeah we're it's happening man it's happening if it's this elon musk thing if it's you know this this uh clinical trial that ignacio is taking part in i don't care who does it man let's just go like let's get something going And the cool, I mean, what we probably need to realize also is that because everybody's situation is different, there's probably not going to be a, a cure-all, like a one, like, you know, a, like know, a magic pill. A magic pill. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be different. So we need to keep, we need to have all options. Yeah. Uh, like exhausted. Yep. Yep. We so need to, there will be no stone left unturned. <laughs> Not if Understand? we have any, yeah. Not if we have anything to we say it. about it. Um, but yeah, man. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for the kind words, though, Brandon. I appreciate that. Um, well, that's what the co-host of the year does, man. <laughs> well, uh, you know, next week, Brandon. I I think I'm trying to. I have a special guest in uh, in the works. Hopefully, um, oh, friend friend of the podcast. Uh, for two friends of the podcast, uh, sister. Mm-hmm. middle sister Sita uh, Simonette. I'm trying oh, to get her on the podcast because nice. she's an expert in Chinese medicine. Absolutely. And or, I mean, I guess she's a, a doctor. doctor in Chinese yeah. medicine. So I thought that would be, I was just thinking, I've been thinking about it for a while and I had talked to Joe and he was supposed to reach out and I don't think he ever did. He's a busy guy. Yeah, he's a busy and, guy. Uh, so I just, yeah, I hit her up the other day. So, I mean, shit, me and Sita have known each other for like 25 years. So, uh, yeah, she'd I'm, I'm be anxious, great. And she's, I'm anxious um, to uh, talk to her about that. She she's doing great things down in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> very strong woman, yeah. woman of color. Just uh, she's awesome. She's a she's a fighter for for health and social justice and everything else in between. So it'd be awesome yeah. to have her on the podcast. We'll have, either way, she'll get on. Yeah, at some so, point. Anyway, that's I'm I'm hoping she's on next episode. So we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you. Hope you everybody had a safe and uh, happy Labor Day. Summer's uh, summer's ending. Fall's Ugh. closing in on us. So, yeah. Well, let's just get through this 2020, and that's what we got to do. <laughs> get through 2020. Fucking get, get through these months, man, yeah. as fast as possible and figure out how to get rid of this coronavirus, man. All right, man. We're going to keep working. Everybody stay safe.